You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast. We're launching right at you on the 27th of October, 2019. Supposing you were a private detective, one who specialized in the unusual. And supposing your assistant... Your partner? ...was a pain-in-the-ass witch. Oh, I'll talk to you later. Coming up in this podcast, we go behind the scenes with Peter Davison's latest cybertastic adventures as the Fifth Doctor, Warzone and Conversion. We delve into your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Oh, lovely. We continue to celebrate hashtag Octom Baker, which is the first time I've said it correctly, with an episode guide to his audio adventures. We offer you 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Random. And we dramatize you with the first 15 minutes of Dark Shadows, the Tony and Cassandra Mysteries Series 3. Nick and Benji. I'm Benji, he's Nick, and yes. we are the chaps from Big Finish Productions. Hello. Oh yes, the people who make <laughs> the finest audio drama and audiobooks you're likely to ever encounter this side of the time barrier. The time barrier. I don't the know eye of time barrier. The eye <laughs> of time. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, and I don't know... And, if you're new to this podcast... I don't know any elephants. And I don't know any elephants. If you're new to this podcast and don't know anything about Big Finish, that's me reading it properly now, that's frankly fairly astounding, but not entirely impossible. Go to bigfinish.com and find out all about us. As you'll gather from this podcast, we do lots of Doctor Who, Dark Shadows, but there's also Torchwood, Space 1999, The Avengers, The Prisoner, some classic H.G. Wells dramatizations. I mean, really... I just could go on listing stuff there's lots all sorts of fantastic stuff that you're just gonna love first up our customary unscheduled stop to let you know about some of our latest reviews first this tray with a light bulb and a pen oh that you can hear that's good. here it's a lovely uh, lovely sort of um Yes. Metal sort of texture here. I certainly give um, that nine out of ten. Benji. I think so. I think so. It's some sound effect Benji's been doing for Adam Adamant Lives. I think we can reveal. Indeed, yes, we can. Yeah, I can't tell you what what the sound effects are, but no. I can tell you that it's thoroughly in, uh, enjoyable to make. And Benji's been amusing me by sending me clips of it set to the music of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Batman the 1966, yes. uh, to be precise. Oh, dear. Works, though. Not it saying does, it doesn't. Yeah. It does work. We're not going to do that, though. It's all right, folks. We've not gone completely mad. That's what my son, my 10-year-old son, calls Bat- that series. Bat- 1966 Batman, Daddy. <laughs> so your son. <laughs> Picked up all these nonsense from me. This week we're talking about Bernice Summerfield and Space 1999. First up, Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 5, Buried Memories. A whole new universe to explore and you bring me to a car boot sale. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The New Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, Volume 5, Buried Memories. Professor Bernie Summerfield, and this is my assistant, the Doctor. Assistant? We are the Lambian! The Lambian have returned! So you're saying that the Lampians were... Wiped from the collective memory of the universe along with themselves. So why is history remembering them now? 
Doctor, what have you done? Me? We've been here minutes and already the world started to come unraveled. A vast underground travel network spanned the planet, all of it wiped out. But there were legends that a train and its passengers are still in the system somewhere. The last train. And you're hoping you can find it? We are sorry! But you have to be careful around here. They don't like the unconventional. Or secrets. I don't have any secrets. Big finish. We love stories. You don't have to sleep on the floor. I'm sure we could somehow share the bed. Uh, thank you, Summerfield, but no, you'd only steal the duvet. Good night. SciFiPulse.net says Lisa Bauman and David Warner are sheer perfection together. Oh. Their chemistry is so natural that it's easy to forget Benny wasn't always this doctor's companion. Uh, IndieMacUser.co.uk says four incredibly varied stories from four incredibly varied writers makes the new adventures of Bernice Summerfield buried memories a different release in the range. Different but in a good way, showing that keeping Benny with the Unbound Doctor is great and there's a sense of calm before the storm mm. as it confirms there will be a volume six and something greater now that the story's back in the main universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I made that noise. Oh, wow. oh, it says 8.5 out of 10. It's very precise. 8.75? 8.52. Very precise. Yes, yes. Most illuminating. <laughs> uh, most absorbing. Um, and now, of course, it's Space 1999 Breakaway. This is Earth Orbiter Station 1 Controller to Eagle Shuttle 4409. You are cleared for departure to Moonbase Alpha. Right now, for all you space enthusiasts out there, it's Space 1999. No! I'm detecting a spike in vital signs. Coffee, Commander Koenig. Mm. Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks. Welcome to the program, Commissioner. Very happy to be here, Petra. <sighs> My big moment. Paul! Paul Morrow, is that you? The pilot's out cold. I got a total computer shut down here, Paul. Something hit us. Uh, oh, Victor. Oh, it's good to see you. Ah, he's breaking through, Father. Stun him! But I've got another astronaut sick. Just like the others. Just as hopeless. How many more people are gonna have to die, Simmons? Paul! Commander, there's a problem with Eagle 4 on approach to Sector 2. Break away immediately. That's an order. Break away. Moonbase Alpha, 13th September 1999. This is Dr. Helena Russell. Put me through to Metaprobe Commander Alan Carter. What's this? Not making house calls anymore, Doctor. Sector 2's exploding! My God! It's like they're watching us. The moon and the Earth are safe. People are dying out there, John. Recall all eagles. What exactly is happening out there? Find out. Can we get through Moonbase out? It's only us who might get our socks blown off, Simmons. Space 1999. Breakaway. Oh. Set says the cast is incredibly strong, with all of them giving top-notch performances. In fact, they even exceed the originals, who rarely, if ever, seem to emote, with all the lines being delivered in a very low-key and unenthusiastic manner. It's a bit harsh. Uh, the new cast are far removed from this, and definitely give 
it there all throughout. Mark Bonner and Maria Theresa Creasy have a hard act to follow in replacing Martin Landau and Barbara Bain as Koenig and Russell, but I actually prefer them as the characters, as they feel mm. far more credible in the parts. There isn't actually a weak link amongst the ensemble, so Big Finish have done a great job assembling the best people for the roles as ever. As far as Big Finish's Space 1999 revival is concerned, I'm over the moon, they say. <laughs> yes. And how many stars is that? One, two, three. Five stars? Five stars. Well, you can't get better than that, can you? You could have six, I suppose. You could have six, yeah. Six is six out of five. Um, cultbox.co.uk says there's every indication that the future audios will unfold in the more conducive world of the cerebral and serious sci-fi of Space 1999's first TV series rather than amidst the garnished monster romps and existential hokums of series 2 and going on the evidence of this very first blast into deep space it's safe to say that this moon Rocks, and that's a five out of five. <laughs> Buddy Bing, Buddy Boom. <laughs> this moon rocks. I like that. Thank yeah, you, you see what you did. Shoot, 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 you did there. Oh, SciFiPulse.net says Briggs's adaptation is brought vividly to life by a marvellous cast. Mark Bonner and Maria Therese, Therese, Therese Creasy. I can never say her name. It's luckily I, I don't have to say her full name when I speak to her. Play off each other extremely well. I really appreciate how deftly they each convey various levels of their thankfully professional relationship. The initial antagonism was refreshingly free of sexual tension. This is very uh, prim, isn't it? Refreshingly free of sexual tension. <laughs> driven instead by genuine peril. For his part, Timothy Bentinck portrays Commissioner Simmons with gusto. I don't remember gusto. Is he another? It sounds like gusto the clown. Gus <laughs> gusto the clown. Custard the clown. <laughs> I'm psyched to hear how this new Big Finish range develops. Ooh. Well, I'm glad it was read that way round instead of refreshingly free of any genuine peril and instead of driven by sexual tension. <laughs> that would have been a whole different story. Um, <laughs> Big finish, sexual tension. <laughs> Space 1999 theme, but with uh, with saxophone and lots, lots of little sort of electric piano. Commander Koenig. Uh, cocktail. What a wonderful blouse you're wearing today. Thank you very much. Um, it's moon-shaped. Um, what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> SciFiBulletin.com says... Um, moon-shaped blouse. I don't know. And that, and that could be several. I mean, there could be... Se you know, that's four types of shape, really, because it could be a full moon, a crescent moon, a yeah. waxing... A crater. A crater. Yeah, it could be. That's four. Yeah, that's good. No, it could be a. I don't know what I'm talking about. How um, do you like my crater-shaped blouse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's wonderful. It's uh, very very uh, round. Um <laughs> says a mix of the familiar and the exceedingly reworked breakaway. Excitingly is reworked. Oh, for goodness' sake! Sorry, I can't read today. That's fine. A mix of the familiar and the excitingly reworked Breakaway is a firm basis from which this revival series can now freely springboard into the unknown. Oy, 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 oy. Fans should be in for a treat. It's a 9 out of 10. Oh, okay. Uh, Helmstone.wordpress.com says the case turn 
Oh, it's, I think he means cast. The cast <laughs> turn in no, some... It's all about that suitcase from Secret Service. The cast turn in some of their best performances for Big Finish, and it's a great advert for their quality and dedication for any new fans drawn in by this release. Sound and music are spot on. Well done, Benji. And it's delight all the way through. I can't recommend it highly enough. IndieMacUser.co.uk says this is a superb relaunch for the series which feels more like an audio movie or indeed a feature length pilot. It retains beloved period material but at the same time ramps up the character dynamics and dramatic tensions to provide a more mature contemporary twist. I look forward to the first box set of regular episodes promised in early 2020. That's right, the scripts are underway. It was it was actually a beloved period detail, not material. I don't know whether that makes a difference, but I just thought I'd mention why, why that. Did I, why did I say material? Well, well, why not? Why not? You're a free-falling guy. It's fine. Uh, uh, Morgan Jeffrey. Earth is going on with my mind. Sorry, I'm losing myself. <laughs> my mind. Morgan Jeffrey uh, says, I think that's Radio Times, is it? The Space 1999 revamp is thrilling. Dare I even say better than the original Breakaway? One of the best things Big Finish has ever produced with super performances from Mark Bonnar and um, Maria Teresa Creasy and the cast that's lovely and he's done a little uh, a moon emoji there yes very good moon shaped blouse thank you Morgan Uh, at Trevor Knight or it's just Trev Knight here um, who sent uh, messages to at Mark Bonnar at Briggs Nicholas and at I'm Jamie Anderson Um, Space 1999 Breakaway from Big Finish is glorious wonderful acting direction music and script which improves the original story and enriches the characters I love the TV series but this is better can't wait for the next episodes Wow, it's lovely. Pretty this, solid isn't reviews. Isn't it? I really haven't read solid. these before I was reading them out. It's rather good, isn't it? At uh, Parker71 on the Twitter sphere says at Big Finish, at, Nicol- at Briggs Nicholas. Listen to uh, hashtag Space1999 hashtag Breakaway today. Absolutely brilliant. One of your best releases for ages. Volume 2, please. No problem. Well, and that's all the reviews we've got for this week. Well. Next week, we'll be looking at the Sixth Doctor adventure starring Colin Baker, Harry Houdini's War. Now, I wonder if he'll get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> See what he did there? Uh, Houdini. Yeah. <laughs> Time now to get all breathless in an Edwardian cricketing outfit, going behind the scenes with Peter Davison's Fifth Doctor crew for Warzone and Conversion. Hello, I'm Scott Hancock. I am the producer and director of this story. I'm Peter Davison. I'm playing Doctor Number Five. My name is Pepta Linkuse, and I play Esma and Combatter and Drones. I'm Timothy Bloor, and I play Morris and the Steward. I thought this personalised race course must have some way of monitoring your health. Your salaspan keeps you alive. <laughs> you didn't think they'll just kill us, did you? Well, I have met people like that. It's been really fun. My morning started off playing a octopus alien, as you do, which was really fun because that was the character that I was sort of more nervous about, so it was quite good to get it out of the way. And then my afternoon was really relaxed and 
Great. Well, you say really relaxed. You and Peter had a lot of running together. And it's very funny to, to watch people. And, I mean, actually, I have no idea what I do, actually, when I'm running, but other people actually run. You, know, you, sort of, you can see them running on the spot almost. <laughs> I think it's even funnier when they're on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's annoying because you're doing all the work, but you're not actually using <laughs> yeah. any of the work. Think how many calories you've burned just standing still. But, in well, a... there is this theory, isn't there, that if you imagine yourself running, mm. I mean, even if you're lying down, imagining yourself jogging, they say... That is complete. Do they? Oh no! Really? Don't say that. I do that every. I do that. I do that every night. People don't go running. (laughs) No, but I mean, they say just standing. Well, just being alive actually burns the most calories, doesn't it? If you think about it, Mm. I'm getting very depressed. You know, if you eat a bar of chocolate and then you you look on the internet to see how far you will have to walk to burn off the calories of that bar of chocolate, and you think it's just not worth it. And of course, a lot of people think audio drama is so relaxed and easy. You just stand around reading the lines. It's probably been quite a physical, physical. absolutely quite lightheaded, hyperventilating. <laughs> Not what you want on a Friday afternoon. Not really, Tim. You've had, you know, you've been leaping across chasms and all sorts of things in your papier-mâché suit. Yes, I'm exhausted, but obviously I'm typecast as both a crybrax and someone who's incredibly out of shape at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To look at you, that's exactly what I think everyone's thinking. Going, yeah, you're obviously <laughs> oh, I, I'm, typecast. Oh, I'm, I'm, God, I can't even remember the last time I went to the gym. Yeah, you look at him and you oh. think, out, out of shape. You look at me and you just think, God. <laughs> <laughs> Good to meet you, Asma. You, you don't mind if I run, would you? I, I shouldn't compromise my... I'm, 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 I'm sorry if I... Uh, no, actually, it's okay. I don't mind the chat. Of course you can run with me. Pep, as you say, you touched upon playing combatter. You came to our attention because of Peter. <laughs> yes. He told us you had form. And, <laughs> oh dear. and so, you know, after his mention, we thought, oh, we'll get you in. But obviously it was it's quite an extreme dual Did he, role. Is, well, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he told you I had eight limbs and I turned up with four. If you ever need a cephalopod... Just go for Pepta. Do you know what? It was really fun playing her because I had to put a completely different voice on. It's weird doing radio dramas because you do take on the physicality of what you're supposed to be doing in the scene. So like the running and like I was in the booth tentacalizing, <laughs> if that's the word that I'm looking for there. Trying to be a tentacle and really enjoying my seven stomachs <laughs> yes. and stuff like that. <laughs> Sliming around. Esma. This moment now, standing in front of me, ready to protect your people. This is your personal best. Thank you, Doctor. And I can lend a hand too. Hello, I'm David Banks and I'm reading in the Cyber Leader. And I'm Mark Hardy. I'm playing Cyber Lieutenant. Human subject is fighting conversion. It will not succeed. Of course not. Soon, all of that emotion, that anger, that fear, that sadness... It will be gone. Nothing but clarity. Perfection. Welcome back to the Talk to Universe, Cybermen. I, I think, Peter, this is your first Cyberman story for about maybe 13 years at Big Finish. It probably is, yes. Very exciting. And it's the first time I think you've worked with David and Mark since probably the five doctors. Yes. 
yes, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. How how has it been, sort of hearing these voices again? And just well, as I've said many times, not just because they're here with us. I, I really like the incarnation of the Cybermen in in uh, my time. I thought they were. Uh, uh, it was a very well written story, and uh, uh, both uh, you know uh, Mark and David did it really well. So I think it's great, you know, great to have them back. But they're not nearly so scary in real life as they are. No, they're very cuddly, very polite. Yeah, they are, yeah. They are very tall. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but actually, most of the cast, this cast of The Big Finish audio, yeah. is tall. As tall yeah, as yeah. us. In fact, yeah. we were thinking of recruiting some of them. And you can grab Doctor Who Warzone slash conversion by going to bigfinish.com and typing in Warzone into the search pane on the, the top of the page pane. with the little... magnifying glass. Magnif magnifique, magnifique. <laughs> magnifique. Magnifique. Yes, at the top of the page. And meanwhile, it's time for listeners' emails. Well, rock and roll, I love an email. It's not, it's, you know, it's, well, it's not a mystery, is it? I mean, it's, no. it's sort of out there. I mean, I love emails so much. I have a mm. massive, massive banner outside my house saying, <laughs> I love emails. Wow. Um, yeah, it's really big. I think the neighbours complain because it goes across their their mm. uh, their bedroom windows. But um, um, <laughs> if if you want to, you know, email into us because we do like to read them out. Um, send them to podcast at bigfinish.com It's very simple. It's just the word podcast, the little at for an email thing, the Bobby uh, bigfinish and dot com, hmm? and just uh, fire it off. And uh, if you're lucky, it'll be read out. There you go. Uh, first up, then, this one from Nathan Tech. Hi, Nick and Benji, uh, spelt with an I-E. It's, in fact, no E on the end, just an mm. I. But, uh, you know, it's an you know, we'll easy we'll let mistake. Let that pass. You know, it's just better than when people spell it with a Y, because it just, it just well, we've gone on this one before. It's Bengi. It looks a bit strange. Um, the double duo of legends. Well, we Ooh. certainly try our best. Um, I had a question uh, and a warning. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, first, my question. I was listening to uh, Benny Summerfield. Oh, I know it isn't, trailer. Um, because I'd never heard it despite actually want, uh, watching the episode quite a few times. Um, or listening to it, I suppose. Um, out of context, I hear the unforgettable voice of Nicholas Courtney say, The King's balls get bigger every year. <laughs> Um, well, I don't doubt it. Um, I, I was wondering, um, was the line deliberately double meaning, or am I the only one who is slightly wibbly wobbly, timey wimey in my head? Oh. Of course, it's a double meaning because it's meant to be a panto uh, setting, is it? Because it's called "Oh No, It Isn't." Anyway, it's a, it's a cracker, though. I love, I love it. All anything like that, any innuendo is always good fun. Um, Anyway, on to my warning. Oh, no. Uh, I'm attending Big Finish Day 2020. Almost <laughs> forgot to book, but the podcast reminded me today to get in and get in fast. Uh, I like that. Um, you may recall I was vis I was the visually impaired guy thrilled when Nick did his Cunic and Benji. Um, <laughs> I even rated uh, a mention in the podcast, which is a claim to fame, I guess. Yeah, there you go. So my warning is, I'm coming back. <laughs> oh, and the voice of the master, so it'd be more, I'm coming back. <laughs> you know, the Anthony Ainley laugh, which is all... <laughs> <laughs> so like, you can yeah, move your mouth. Doctor, 
Yeah, yeah, move, move your mouth, uh, and Anthony, if, if you like. <laughs> uh, anyway, keep up the good work. See you at the BF Day in 2020, or not, as you may run away before then. Regards, <laughs> Nathan, at send help, stuck in a Jadoon prison. And this is my only free email. The next one costs a soul. <laughs> oh, crikey, so well. Well, I love emails, so you know it could just be worth losing the yeah. soul. Oh, yeah. blind me! There's a, there's a Nathan. I think, that I think, was a oh, top there's email. That was a great email, Nathan. Look forward to to having you with us at the Big Finish Day 2020. Yes. It's going to be a party. Interesting. If I've actually got a, I've got a window cleaner, clean um, the window is he right waving? outside the room. Well, he's waving. He's waving a stick at me. So that's good enough. Waving the, you know, <clears throat> you know the the cleaning stick. Here's one from Sebastian Garzon. Oh, by the way, Big Finish Day is on the 6th of June, 2020. And already half the tickets have all gone. Oh, blimey, it's not, even, it's even, not a, even the year. We haven't even announced a guest yet. Anyway. <laughs> and that's that's what's funny. We, we haven't got any. It's actually just going to be Phil from the garage down the road. Nice bloke. <laughs> got some great stories about those old Novas. You know, the old Vauxhall Novas. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, lovely. yeah. He's even yeah, going to do a live yeah. demonstration of uh, changing the spark plugs. You're going to have a great time. Amazing. God, I look forward to that, yeah. yeah. And back to Sebastian Garzon, who's clearly thinking it was his email's turn, and then I interrupted that. To whom it may concern, namely Nick and Benji, he says. I just wanted to talk about the animated trailer that Chris and Benji made for Ravenous 4 and all the nightmares it gave me. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All jokes aside, though, the trailer was a stunning piece of work, and I just had to watch it a second time as soon as it was over. Me too. Oh, uh, thank you. On a more general note, I'd like to give a shout out to the various trailers you've been putting out for the latest releases. They've been getting more and more ambitious. And as an animation student, I really appreciate how they add a visual dimension to the audio medium. Uh, please give my regards to Chris and other animators if there are any. There are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Tom Saunders and there's uh, Lee Adams, for example, and other people. And I hope there will be more to come. I think so. I think so. Speaking of which, I also really enjoyed those 3D TARDIS interior visuals you used for the 20th anniversary YouTube stream. I think they deserve to be seen again, especially for people who missed out. So would you consider posting a little video or series just showing off the console rooms in all their splendour? Thanks for all you do, Sebastian. Oh, we'll have a think about that. Yeah. We have so many wonderfully talented uh, 3D uh, animation guys, and it's one of those jobs as well, I think. You know, it's pretty hard, actually, to... Uh, to make videos for, for for an audio drama mm. company, you know, like so. Hats off to all of them. Well, and, these uh, people are very imaginative. All the ones mentioned, the ones not mentioned, and I think they, it comes easily to them because they are touched by genius. They know. They just know it, don't they? They know it. You see, they know it. You know, they they got it up here. They know. Uh, finally, this one here from Thomas uh, Thomas Deja. Um, I hope I said that right. Mm. Um, message here. Uh, as a massive fan of Colin Baker, yes, I'm the one. Uh, oh, I'm there's lots of fans of Colin Baker. He's, I'll tell you what, Colin Baker's pretty damn popular on the old social. People love love old sexy. That Sawbones Hex. Yes, he he's a dude. Uh, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who audios. I've listened to some Dark Shadows audios, and I have to wonder. Is there any chance that you guys can get the license to the other great Dan Curtis creation, Carl the Night Stalker, Kolchak? Carl's right up there with the Doctor in my pantheon of favourite characters. Well, I don't. It's it, Kolchak isn't such a, a big thing in the UK. Uh, some people are aware of it. I don't know. Have you ever seen it, Benjamin? No, never seen no, it. No. Seen. It's worth looking up. I've seen, mm. but uh, I don't think it's likely. 
Sorry about that, Thomas. Um, I suppose I could say that answer twice and then you'd get a, a sense of Thomas deja vu. Uh, You've never heard that joke, have you? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, must, that, that must be a joke uh, of, that you must live with. Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. More emails next time. And don't forget to keep on sending them to podcast at bigfinish.com. Time now for a ramshackle Tom Baker Fourth Doctor episode guide. It's Ock Tom Baker. There's 40% off. Yeah, it's a discount running on a load mm-hmm. of Fourth Doctor stories on the bigfinish.com website. Meanwhile, Benji and I are going to look up the Fourth Doctor range on the, that very website and tell you all about it. Let's go, Benji. Let's have a look. Uh, got to find the thing. Uh, yeah, so we started We've done off. an awful lot, haven't we? We really have done a lot. There's a lot of listing of names here. We started with Destination Nerva. It's Saturday night tea time in 1977 all over again. It may be irrational of me, but human beings are quite my favourite species. Dear me, things don't seem to be going awfully well on Nerva. Which um, wasn't the first one that was written. The first one that was written was, in fact, uh, uh, Energy of the Daleks. But Destination Nerva, we thought it'd just be fun to go back to Space Station Nerva and see what was going on in a different time zone there. Because to us, it seemed quintessentially fourth doctor uh, well i'm the doctor this is leela and i would advise you all to keep back <laughs> he needs to be quarantined Lee. well definitely I, th- I think when you you know it's one of the uh, one of the in in the original series it was one of the few times where we really revisit a location it's done in a very clever way so it makes perfect sense i think to come back to it there and i remember you know the excitement uh, when when it was announced because and i thought well no not only are we getting you know the fourth doctor returning um but also um we're getting that you know iconic location takes you straight back there well so. yeah that's what we thought would be fun yeah and that's followed by the renaissance man uh that's by justin richards and that actually contains um a suggestion from tom baker hello there doctor is it i'm reginald harcourt and this is the collection what is this a collection of? It's a collection of everything. Tom had loads of suggestions when we went, first went to see him. He said, there could be this situation where the telephone goes and there's a dog on the other end. <laughs> and the doctor and the dog just barks at him and the doctor understands what he says. Uh, and so there's a bit where unra- reality unravels. I was going to say unravels reality um, in this. And there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> The phone rings and there's a dog on the other end. Of course, when Tom went to do it, he, he wondered what on earth we'd put it in the script for because he didn't remember us, uh, didn't remember <laughs> suggesting it to us. How does it feel not being the cleverest man in the room? I wouldn't know. How does it feel? Following that, the wrath of the Iceni. I don't know whether you pronounce it like that, but I think we decided to. That's about Bodicea. Mm-hmm. We are our stories. We are our songs, our dances. There are those who would say we tell our tales, but they are wrong. Our tales tell us. Why are we here? Your continued education. What's the point of a time machine if you don't use it? Hmm? Well, the gods preserve us! And then Energy of the Daleks, which I mentioned, was the first one I had written, which I seem to remember the working title of was Dark Moon Rising. Chronon particles detected! What are you up to, you Daleks? What is it that you hope to achieve? Answer the question! 
that first series ends with a, a two uh, episode or the two CD story called Trail of the White Worm and the Osidon adventure. The clouds can be read as if they were the tracks of a heavenly animal. There will be no rain here. Not England in the summertime, of course it's going to rain. Come, foul creature, come. That's Alan Barnes at his best, too. Then we were lucky enough. That was all with Louise Jameson as Leela. And then look what happened in the second series. So now the TARDIS is flitting randomly throughout time and space. Yes, until the Black Guardian gets tired of chasing it and then it will return to us here in London, eventually. Still, it doesn't matter. I was just going to let him know that I was heading down to... Where was it again? Bassadon Hamble. Yeah, somewhere just outside of it is called Bassadon Hamble. This is your place. Well, it's my country seat. Bassett Hall, you see. The current owner is my aunt, though she's come over a trifle odd of late. <laughs> in the second series, uh, we get Mary Tam coming in, Romana One, um, the late Mary Tam, who's absolutely fantastic. And it kicks off with the Auntie Matter, yeah. um, which is such good fun. Such good fun. Um, just I, I remember listening to do you know what? I remember listening to that one on a car journey but the funniest thing is I was clearly very consumed because I have no recollection of where I was going um, <laughs> into the back of Sainsbury's probably yes. <laughs> uh, then we move on to The Sands of Life yes uh, oh, by the way The Antimatter was by Johnny Morris yeah, The Sands of Life and War Against the Larn The Sands of Life <gasps> what's the matter I, 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 I you heard that voice again didn't you yes and you didn't? No. It seems as if whoever these creatures are, they want to speak to you, specifically. I am recording this message aboard the conglomerate space platform Fortune in the Proxima 4 system, and this experiment will be our brand's defining moment. Coming soon. Uh, was the story that I originally wrote for Elizabeth Sladen. And that, that was the first script that I, I sent to Tom. Uh, and then, you know, very sadly indeed, uh, Elizabeth died and David Richardson, the producer, said, you know, I think I really liked the story. Is there any chance you can rework it for a different companion and maybe for Romana? And uh, it really changed the story. I never thought it would, but I mean, yeah, it mm, changed it. Beyond, yeah. But interestingly, not enough. For, when I sent it to Tom, he phoned me and said, Nick, am I going mad here? I feel like I've read this before. <laughs> I said, you have, except with Sarah Jane in it. He went, ah, yeah, he was quite relieved that he'd not gone bonkers. <laughs> this is also based on the idea that Tom had that he suggested millions of years ago, but also then when we first started doing these audios, he had the idea about the Japanese hunting whales and the whales turning on the Japanese. And I said, well, look, Tom, if you leave it with me, I can do something that's a bit like that, but it's it's not going to be whales and it's not going to be Japanese, but I'll I'll take that theme of helpless creatures, you know, in a terrible situation. And, and that's what we came up with. And I remember him emailing me and saying, you know, that he approved of this story because it was utterly preposterous. <laughs> But it sounds to me though like Tom's got a little bit of a sort of an, he's got a, an impact into a kind of what goes on in a sort of subtle way which is quite nice absolutely yeah uh, the justice of Jalksar um, I'm just trying to remember whether I directed that one or not no it was Ken that's right yeah I thought as much 
and that has Jago and Lightfoot in it. In it. Which in is it. lovely. Who do we know in this time period? Uh, you'd be surprised. Romana. <laughs> I think I know just the men. Stab me, Vitals! That's impossible! Oh, as I live and breathe, Professor George Lightfoot and Henry Gordon Jago. I wondered if I could trouble you two for the merest jots of your time. I would have thought you'd have developed the internal combustion engine by now, rather than being reliant on livestock. Still, and then Phantoms of the insist. Deep, another one by Johnny Morris, I believe, without looking, I think I can remember that. Oh, yes, it, there is. Love the Morris. cover, love the cover. Uh, beautiful stuff. Depth, 5,000 metres and counting. What? What is it? Chris? I can see a little hut with police box written on it. At this depth, it should have been crushed. Crushed? I landed a TARDIS in the heart of a star once, barely dented the paintwork. This is Romana. Hello. And this is my other friend, K-9. K-9? Oh, because he's a dog. Yes, yes, he is. I wrote and directed the Dalek contract and the final phase, which was... uh, David wanted me to do a, a follow-up adventure with the in, the um, villain I'd introduced in War Against the Larn, uh, Cuthbert, played by David Warner. So it's a Dalek story, the Dalek contract in the final phase. Danger, Master! Detecting hostile life forms! Combat mode! Daleks? Ah, now there's a question. Isn't the Proxima system where the Larn were damaged by Cuthbert's mysterious experiment? Let's start powering up, shall we? Oh, and you make sure that there are no more attacks. The Daleks really do make you nervous, don't they? Just love those dark. I love all. I, I mean, the, it's very easy to forget how gorgeous half of our covers are. Love. I love. There's something wonderful about seeing those very Tom Baker Daleks, isn't it? Those Fourth Doctor sort of uh, grey battle-like Daleks. Yeah, and uh, Alex Mallinson did a fantastic cover there. I think. Yeah. Of course. Beautiful. Now we we move uh, on to the big. Big finish release, uh, Light at the End. It's interesting. You, you've I've gone to the Fourth Doctor range, so I'm not seeing any of these um, other releases in there. I'm just seeing the Fourth Doctor ones. You know, uh, that I've, I've gone to the Fourth Doctor collection, you see. Oh, yeah, you see. That's different ways of looking at it on the website. The next one I've got is Night of the Stormcrow, which was like a, a special yeah, in that's... December 2013. <gasps> what is that? That's a full 56 seconds early. She's shifted again. Are you getting the readings? Checking. Security. What's happening? Ah, Doctor! Oh, totally, man. Um, I'm just trying to remember. Is that when um, Chase Masterson came in for the first time? Yes, it was. Yeah. And she kept going out of the building and I kept saying to her, and I didn't keep saying to her, I said to her, oh, uh, do you smoke? Because it was quite cold weather. She said, no, I'm getting into character. (laughs) Amazing. And then we went with the King of Sontar, which is an outrageous Sontaran adventure by John Dorney. Ah. It is a cavern. I thought the navigation system felt a little bumpy. But it is wonderful. The wrong planet? There's only one way this could have happened. This is Commander Gunn of the 3rd Elite Sontaran Assassination Squad. 
also worth noting, I think, that you can get part one for free if you yeah. go to the Big Finish website, so don't uh, turn away from that opportunity. You can also get part one of uh, Destination Nerva for free as well, you know. Just do it. Just do it and don't look back. <laughs> as a download, of course. And that next one is Doctor Who White Ghost by Alan Barnes. Mirandi, where are you? Candeli, you won't believe what I found in the far fields. Blue box? Leela, we are at the edge of the edge of the universe. The TARDIS stopped because someone stopped it. Ghosts! Ghosts are almost upon us! Which is a fascinating story. There's uh, someone from Farscape in it, actually. Mm. Virginia Hay, that's right. Yeah. Uh, A really weird, haunting, vampiric story. And next up, The Crooked Man. I have such strong memories of this. Once upon a time. What? I. I. Please! Don't worry. This won't hurt a bit. <laughs> Hello? Anyone in? These buildings look abandoned. Everywhere shut. And I could have treated you to some candy floss or enjoyed some rock. How could we enjoy a rock? Excuse me? Hot. Who goes there? But, a what? policeman. PC Andrews. Ellis Andrews. We saw the paper of news. Were the other deaths of equal ferocity? Doctor, stop! I thought I saw someone in the shadows. They were watching us. They looked strange. For such vain creatures, they are suspicious. I'm joy eviscerating them. <laughs> It was terrifying. It's by um, John Dorney. It's going to be terrifying then, isn't it? He's very, very skillful at scaring people. What made it most terrifying of all, though, was that Neil Stook was in it, and he played the Crooked Man, and it was utterly terrifying. It's this nasty voice. We actually had to cut some bits in post-production because it was just the way he imbued certain lines with the horrifying qualities it was just too much we thought the bbc didn't tell us we just thought let's not let's not be irresponsible here that's just too nasty so yeah we we cut some bits i do remember that neil stook if you know who he is um he uh there were rumors there that whoever was the doctor at the time i can't remember who it was was perhaps leaving maybe it was matt smith i don't know and uh, i remember neil at lunchtime saying yeah he's leaving and i want it (laughs) <laughs> I told my agent I want it, but he didn't get it, unfortunately. So, but he he clearly campaigned heavily for that. Next up, the evil one. It's got the master. It's going to be evil, then, isn't it? Really. Obey me. I've just walked through half the aft section of passenger staterooms and lounges. Not a soul to be seen. Where are you? Doctor, look out! Hands up! Don't worry, Micah, I've got them covered. Ah, hello now, you definitely are awake. Who are you? What are you doing here? Doctor, come and look. What the hell are they? Metal insects. 
the size of men. Yes. Bigger. Right. Now then. Shut up! Micah, where's Alensis? What? Lila, get down! What is happening? Micah! Ah, uh, sorry, wrong floor, my mistake. If you come with us, you will live. Really? Enjoy your questions, Doctor. They are all you have left. This Doctor is heading for his TARDIS. And there he will die. Activate your weapon. You are the Master, and any enemy of the Doctor's is an enemy of mine. I shall destroy you both now! This is the one um, that was I mentioned to you, Benji, in a... Um Another podcast, the Benji and Nick Show. Do you remember the context in which I mentioned it? I don't. No, I remember. I remember you mentioning it though. If that, that uh, makes sense. Yeah. Well, we did. Uh, we talked about a film called When Eight Bells Toll, which is uh, an Alistair MacLean thriller movie starring Anthony Hopkins. And the first bit of the evil one is. I do uh, remember what you're going to say, but carry yeah. on. It's a blatant tribute to that film, except it's on a spaceship and not a ship in Scotland and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's worth worth listening to that one just to find out about that. It's also Leela's loyalties change and she believes that her relationship with the Doctor has been faked and stuff. So there's a whole weird thing going on there. You know, it was a lovely brief from David Richardson to me to write that one. Many years ago, a freak bacterial mutation created a pathogenic strain that was lethal and resistant to all known medicine. A lost civilization. This lifeless grey rock just got a whole lot more interesting. I do not think you have brought us to the right place for a holiday. There is nothing here but stones and sand. It is a desert world. Yes, no sign of life. <laughs> and you know what that means, don't you? Last no, of the Colophon. I think that's Johnny Morris. Yes, it is. Um, uh, where, where we had the lovely Gareth Thomas playing the villain in that one. I remember having a dreadful row with Tom Baker during it because uh, after the villain was killed, Tom was doing a lot of gloating as the Doctor and I said I didn't think that was right and and uh, Tom said he's been killing people I said I know but you know the Doctor has and he said oh you sound like the Archbishop of Canterbury I'm deleting the expletives as I go along <laughs> um, so yeah that was quite a rough moment there because Tom has a much more harsh uh, moral code than the Doctor does I think we all do really <laughs> great episode though it was basically riffing on the invisible man planet Delaphos. I recognize the trees. <laughs> the air is foul. The clouds are thick and dark. No wonder that it is raining. Mm, these are natural clouds. They're the result of heavy industrial pollution. Company! Halt! Who dares knock upon the fortress door of the infinite? Look at that! Someone has dug a pit. <laughs> the size of a mountain! <laughs> get up, get up. There is a war on this planet, Doctor. A bitter war where no mercy is given. Next up, Destroy the Infinite. Another one by me, um, which introduced... I think this is the first script in which I introduced a, a big Finnish uh, adversary for the Doctor called The Eminence. Big uh, one, big one. I don't think it was the first one that went out. But it was certainly the first time I invented it and I had this plan for it to feature in other stories and it ended up in the 8th Doctor range and also uh, 
the sixth Doctor range, I think. Yeah. ...that appear from nowhere. People have started to think of them as, as gods or demons. You have betrayed our sacred purpose, Doctor. You are the same as us. Louise Jameson, who plays Leela, uh, co-wrote the next one, The Abandoned, with Nigel Fares. I didn't direct that one, actually. But uh, it's a great, fun episode starring... Um, uh, guest-starring Stephanie Cole. Who is amazing a, in amazing everything. Yeah. Just incredible. Who Louise had met in Tenko, I imagine. Yeah. The point of stillness. That is the point. How can I possibly work with this, 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 this nonsense? You have no idea of the agony that my tribe suffered because of the order. What is that noise? Shh. Look close to bell. There is something seriously wrong with the target. And then back to me again. I was writing a lot at the moment, uh, at that <laughs> moment. Zygon Hunt, which is set on a planet with loads of Scarrison and... Um, Fourth Doctor and Zygons. Oh, you know, what more do you want? What more do you want? This is the planet Garros, by the way. I looked it up before we landed. You have been here before? No, but I've been meaning to visit for a long time. What are you doing on this planet? Just pop by for a look. I've always heard it was rather a lovely spot. Follow me. And Alistair Locke did the most amazing score, making it sound like Terror of the Zygons. And he did a similar job with uh, Doctor Who, the Exelons. Ship's log, Overseer Kalura reporting. Work on planet E9874, proceeding in line with all protocols and directives. Do not pretend to know where we are, Doctor. Just checking, Leela, just checking. Uh, registers on the star charts as E9874. That is a number, not a name. What's your situation? Not good. I think I'm the only one left. We've lost her signal. I want a rescue pod prepped and ready. Security squad to the launch bay immediately. Hello. Who are you? What What just happened? Warning. Other life forms approaching. What kind of life form? Doctor, look out! Which is the next release that David Richardson pitched to me to do this. He said, you know, how about a prequel to Death to the Daleks? I was going to say, it's like the easiest thing to ask you to do, really, isn't it? <laughs> And I said, how about um, the Starship Enterprise, but everyone on board is evil? And, and David said, you've got me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a sort of, yes, the Exelons travelling through space before, uh, long, long before their society decayed, but they're still rather preoccupied with their city. Mannering Cavisham was, without doubt, the greatest lanternist of the Golden Age. He was also the only supernaturalist who was never exposed as a fraud or a trickster. Doctor Who, The Darkness of Glass. The Glassness of Dark. <laughs> By Justin Richards. Beautifully spooky story with um, Julian Wadham in it. Hello. I bet you're not expecting us. Are you members of the Cavisham Society? He is a shaman. A showman. A lanternist, I'd say, from this rather splendid equipment. Mr. Holman is the most respected and admired lanternist in the business. Oh. 
What the devil was that? The sound of death. Are you sure? What could have done this? I tell you, one, one thing I uh, can tell you about this is that Tom tells a story about this a lot, which is that uh, Tom always brings macaroons to the green room. <laughs> in fact, the other... About a week ago when he came in, as he walked in, he said hello, and he, he just threw them across the room at me. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got hit by chocolate macaroons. <laughs> Here you are, Nick. Catch. Boom. Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> anyway, while he was telling uh, Julian Wadham a story or chatting to him, he said, you know, Julian Wadham, he opened, he's such a nice, urbane man, and he, he opened those macaroons and he ate every single one <laughs> while he was talking to me. I spoke to Julian about it at some point. And he said, well, what else can you do when Tom Baker's talking? You might as well eat. <laughs> the itinerant time and space traveller known as the Doctor, wanted, dead or alive. This is a busy public thoroughfare. No one's going to open fire on us in a crowded street. Well, looks like I've caught myself a Time Lord. Keep back! I have a knife! One step closer! <sighs> You're now my prisoners. I'm taking you to the Rocket Men. You had better not be playing games with me, Shanda. I do not appreciate it. You do know who you're dealing with. The Rocket Men are feared across all sentient systems. How many times has the Doctor defeated you now? How many men have you lost to his interference? He's just a Time Lord. One of many. Requiem for the Rocket Men. This is uh, John Dorney, a creation of his, the Rocket Men, who featured in many Big Finish releases. Certainly have. A real emotional core to this story. Uh, this one is, is really like a two-parter. It goes into the next one, Deathmatch, by Matt Fitton. It's Marshall here, Doctor. I need your help. Leela's... She's missing. What? It is an honour to meet you. Huntmaster. Your knight excels at my contest. Is this a private death match or could anyone join in? Once you're up there, it's kill or be killed. No one's beaten the master's champion. I'm afraid in the death match there can be only one winner. So why am I still alive? Yes, Leela's heartstrings are tugged here. So I'm just confused because it's because it's my my version's got the novel adaptations knocked in there as well, of course. So oh, that's worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is the well-mannered war, which is between those two. There, um, as is the um, volume two damaged goods as well. So it's, that's that's what's what's listed in front of me here. Yeah, but you're not in the fourth Doctor range. No, I know, I know. I'm, I'm just I clicked the wrong. I'm too, I'm in too far. <laughs> Alan Barnes provided another great script for Suburban Hell, which is basically Abigail's party, but with a science fiction <laughs> twist. Bit of a hiccupette in the catering department. I don't suppose you'd have a jar of mayonnaise about the house? This is Suburban England, late 1970s by the decor. There's mixed nuts in the sideboard. Would you be a darling? Put them in a dish for me. We find ourselves in dire need of a few electronic oddments for the purpose of running repairs. And what are you driving? The doctor has a TARDIS. Oh, it's one of those funny makes isn't it, from Eastern Europe? So there is a wrinkle in time in the street outside. Yes, and the TARDIS has slipped to the far side of that instability. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. Then the Cloisters of Terror. This Scary was, stuff. This had nuns in it, yes, by Jonathan Morris. In the year of our Lord, 1481, novice Eleanor went from her chambers in dead of night, never to be seen again. 
And it also had the uh, it had Claudia Grant, who played Susan in Adventures in Space and Time, or Caroline Ford. She played, so she's since worked for us quite a bit. She's very good. Excellent. Quite deadpan. So he just sort of looks up at the microphone and shrugs at me in a kind of get on with it sort of way. Get on with it. Hang on. The control room. The light, the colour, the smell. It is different. Help, killing, ding. Help, killing, ding. What are you doing? What are you calculating? And then the finale for this uh, season was a two-disc, separately released, uh, The Fate of Krelos and Return to Telos, which got some fantastic reviews. And I remember uh, some pretty disgruntled people on the Big Finish forum saying that we must have bribed people to give it a good review. (laughs) How dare they? Well, that's nice, isn't it? What a nice thing to say. Yeah. We must save Gerald and the people of Krelos, defeat these Cybermen. There is nothing to fear. And I did the old um, electro larynx thing for the Cybermen in this. That nearly killed me. I'm slightly exaggerating. I just the the connection went dodgy there, and all all I heard was you Nick going, um, I did That's pretty much what it was. But then I. But then I looked at what I assumed you were talking about, which of course is the Cybermen. Uh, and Ele- so I, Electro-larynx yeah. I used, yes. Very, uh, very scary and very convincing as well. Hor- horrible to use. Gave me a headache, made me feel sick. Terrible. The best in Britain is Radio Frantic. Anomaly, anomaly, modulate frequency wave cancellation signal detected. A modulated frequency wave cancellation signal. Modular frequency what? Do you think we should find whoever transmitted the signal? That would be very clever. Oh, but Doctor, you are. And then uh, we're all waving now. Yeah, the wave of destruction. Uh, (laughs) Recently released on vinyl. Um, Yeah, brilliant. Um, A bit like the ship that rocked. The boat that rocked. Boat that rocked. That's what it's called. Yeah, the boat that rocked. Um, but but with Vardens in it. <laughs> Unbelievable. So Doctor Who by Justin Richards. Brilliant stuff there. Uh, the Labyrinth of Buddha Castle was next by Eddie Robson, and I remember that Mark Bonnar was in that. And that was the, I don't know if it was the first time that Big Finish had worked with Mark Bonnar, but it was certainly the first time I'd worked with him, and he was absolutely brilliant as this sort of. Old vampire. Identify yourself immediately or face arrest. Where to? The labyrinth of Buda Castle and step on it, cabbie. Okay. Two stories coming up next. The Paradox Planet and Legacy of Death, um, which I did not direct, so I don't really know much about them. I mean, obviously I listened to them and read the script and all that, but yes, Jonathan Morris... Doing his Jonathan Morris stuff. double bill. You are to recover a male and female specimen of the Xylop species and collect as many Xenox crystals as you can. Minimum force is to be used, all weapons to stun only. Energize now. Gallery of Ghouls by Alan Barnes. Ah, 1833. G O O L E and his gallery of G H O U L S. Ghouls Gallery of Ghouls. Clever. Madame Tissot's Wax Exposition at the New Town Hall, all week till 10pm. The owner of another waxwork? It is gone! 
The head is gone. Stolen. The doctor. Seize him. Hold him. Please, ladies and gentlemen, I've stolen nothing, let alone the head of Marie Antoinette. And I'm pretty certain I didn't direct this one either. The reason I say things like this is because I mostly direct all the Tom Bakers unless I'm not available. So maybe Doctor Who was... I was filming Doctor Who for the television during that. Who knows? For the box. For the box. And... The Trouble with Drax. There, Brighton, 1851. Hopefully the atmosphere will prove a little more cordial on this occasion. We're constantly visiting the same cities on the same planets. <laughs> What's happening? Master, the course is being directed by an outside influence. Hello? Anybody home? Step away from your TARDIS, Time Oh no! All right, boys, there he is. Fugitive Drax, you have been positively identified. Drax Doctor! Which uh, is a fantastic caper. Have you heard this one? I've not, no, I've not. Well, it's the return of Drax. And of course, Drax is a Time Lord. And there you have um, Ray Brooks playing Drax. Maybe Ray some Brooks. other people playing Drax. Boy with a Knack. <laughs> he was in Daleks Invasion Earth 2150 AD. Yeah, a, a lovely, lovely story. Ah, you hear that? That, my friends, is a special train engaged by some preposterously wealthy men who have taken it upon themselves to bring something rather special down for London. Something rather special that's worth a lot of money. Then another sort of um, two-part finale for this one, uh, Doctor Who, The Pursuit of History and Doctor Who, Casualties of Time, both written by me with finishing off the whole Cuthbert thing and conglomerate and uh, you see I love that sort of big furry alien with the the funny <laughs> nosy eye thing that's rather the frowny funny. face yes and that was played by John Leeson I put a, had a big deep voice <laughs> and lots of flying robots and strange time paradoxes tell us what the time is approaching the time for what the next season began with the beast of Kravanos uh, with Jago and Lightfoot coming back and I um, I directed this one I had a fantastic time with the guys in the studio Thank you ladies and gentlemen it is my pleasure to present our star attraction K9 What do you eat? Awfully well. You're quite the showman. You mean show dog. Good of you to come in this afternoon, Professor. I'm sorry, I couldn't get here earlier. Unexplained murder. Just what I need. It must be in here. Yes, there's the fella. Hiding in the shadows. Jacob, Jacob! The Eternal Battle by Cavan Scott and Mark Wright. Bit of Sontaran action there. Very nice. We face our bleakest hour. The odds of victory dwindle by the day, but we are resolute in the face of an abhorrent enemy. An enemy that gives no quarter. Will we diminish? No, sir! Will we yield? No, sir! Stay alert. The enemy could attack at any second. Doctor, I can't see any lakes. Kissy, can't be more than a mile or so. Uh... What's that? In the sky? 
Blue light. Santaha. <laughs> Santaha. Doctor Who, the fourth Doctor adventures. The silent scream. Nellie! Nellie, what's happened? Her voice! Her voice is gone! It's happened again! Loretta Waldorf as I live and breathe. Listen, it's lovely of you to stop by, but I have an appointment. An appointment with fear, I'm afraid, Miss Waldorf. Analysis suggests unknown life forms approaching. They're coming from my voice. They're like silhouettes. The Silent Scream was a, a real... I love that cover, by the way. Have you seen it? With the sort of period feel to it it's gorgeous i love James it it's Goss. got that wonderful kind of yeah right. that retro vibe isn't yeah. it also the love this i love the subtle turning the um the strip along the side into looking like a, a, a bit of film. Mm, very clever and it's a very clever script uh, by uh, james goss it's a submarine i'd say earth British. World War Two. What the? Don't come any closer. Who are you? Put that gun down, you silly man. We're here to help you. Then Death Rass, which is a bit of hard sci-fi. Well, strange stuff happening. Look, you see there's a submarine in space. What's A submarine. A submarine. <laughs> the Haunting of Malkin Place is very sort of Sapphire and Steel-esque. Beautiful. Uh, script by Phil Mulrine. Thomas and I are on our way to a most definite case of haunting. Oh, isolated house called Malkin Place. Two residents, Beatrice and Morris, 23 years old. Very strange goings on. Oh, oh God. Beatrice. Oh. Wait. What is it? Someone's coming. Who's there? There. No. Coming over the marsh. Not possible. Notable for me, uh, that adventure, because uh, there's some spooky children in it and I got my son Ben to play them. When I don't know how old he would have been, about six or seven, and he had to say, the doctor isn't here anymore. <laughs> he said, the way I'll do this is to do my Mr. Bean face. He said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doctor Who Subterranea, good old uh, underground moles on a planet. Oh, Mr. Wagstaff, it's them. They've come for us. The Silex. <laughs> it's, it's like a cross between mortal engines and um, something else it's a cross, cross with. <laughs> Silex Fighting machines Abominations forged in the flames of war The Silex haven't been seen in this strata for decades Well, they're here now Oh, look, rocks It has the appearance of solid rock But with a very low density The Movellan Grave is up next By Andrew Smith Andrew Smith, brilliant writer Always delivers a really solid story lovely stuff it's yeah well the title says it all's got a mavellan in it and it it's got some mavellans in it more do you want quite frankly well more mavellans more mavellans it was in this trench we removed five layers before we got to it it was among remnants of clothing also a small knife and a man's bracelet the indications are that there was a violent event here but our excavation has recovered genuine Iron Age relics. The discovery of this item, we can't explain it. 
Doctor, it's a Mavellum power pack. Here we go. Uh, the skin of Sleek and the thief who stole time. A little sort of uh, two-part shenanigans going on there from Mark Platt. Master Bluejaw, chained hard to the book of futures, wisest son of a skull. Tell us what we're here for. We cannot begin at the beginning. That was once upon a time, long gone, like a dream lost in the deeps. A star falls from the sky. A man, a doctor with a box. A girl caught in the nets. A hunter who'll be hunted. Here, come on. Lean on me. I'm very much obliged to you. Take it easy. I'm fine. You were nearly drowned. Did I have a friend? She's still out there. Friend? Romana. The Sons of Kaldor, which part one of which is free. Get it, get it, get it. It's got the robots in it from the robots of death. Come on. This is a beautiful story by, by Andrew Smith. Doctor? Well, well, well. Oh, it is one of the mechanical men. Yes, certainly a Kaldor robot. There are intruders in the medical unit. How many? Two life readings. What is that? Who is there? Ah! Let go! Let go of me! You must not Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff and a great guy as well. Yeah. The Crow Marsh experiment comes up next, which is... Uh, um, David Llewellyn. David Llewellyn, that's right. That's, I, I could see Llewellyn, but my eyesight's so bad I couldn't see David. Sorry, David, I know exactly who you are. <sighs> it's all right. You're safe here. Just calm down. What is this place? What do you mean? If you could just... <gasps> And this was a lovely script. Uh, Tom found it really confusing because reality wasn't all it seemed in this one, but uh, fantastic central performance, really, from Louise Jameson as Leela. You're in room C5. I... I know you. Leela, you remember Mr Strang from the Ministry? He is familiar. <coughs> Leela? As I'm sure you'll appreciate, the Ministry of Defence has put a lot of time, effort, and above all, money into Project Sisyphus. Perhaps it will Sisyphus be... is your project. The final responsibility rests with you and Dr. Stewart. Is that clear? None of this is clear. And then a little uh, two-part John Dorney extravaganza. Four-part, really. Two lots of two parts. The Mind Runners and the Demon Rises. <coughs> oh, uh, oh, so sorry, young man. Should he be that close to the edge of the platform? No. Quick! Hey! Careful! Stop! What is it? You've gone white. What happened? Really uh, a great story there. And as you can see from the cover there, if you're looking at your Big Finish website, it's got Josette Simon. He was a mind runner. A mind runner? What's a mind runner? Once they put this headgear on, hitch a lift in somebody else's head. Well, any sign? Shh, I'm concentrating. There, I got him. Sorry? They possess them. I have experienced that. It is not good. Mr. Elder. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, you startled me. Yes. I often have that effect on people. There we go. And uh, then we started going to box sets, didn't we? So, um, 
we've got uh, volume one of series seven, uh, Doctor Who, which features Doctor Who, The Shadow of London. This is the same London where we met Mr. Jago and Professor Lightfoot. That's right. Doctor, where are all the people? It does seem a little quiet, doesn't it? Hello. Haven't seen those two before. Good morning. Oh, morning. I'd head back that way, if I were you, towards the pub. Why is that? Well, you're almost at the edge. The edge? The edge of what? What did he mean? The sound of death? The sound of trouble, that's for sure. The edge will have to wait. Come on. Hostile sighted again on Grantham Street. Beautiful piece of work by Justin Richards. And then Dan Starkey. Yeah, that's Strax fella. Uh, Yeah, Doctor Who the Bad Penny by Dan Starkey. Uh, He wrote loads of extra parts and said, don't worry, I'll play them. So he did. Mr. Tulip, it's just not good enough. The room's filthy and that racket was a last straw. (laughs) What the hell? What was that? Leela, this is very gravely serious, or it will be if I do nothing about it. Then do something! Oh, oh! Oh, joy. Hello, the Cross Keys Hotel reception desk. How may I help you? Ah, uh, Mr. Ronald, I wonder if you would do me the honour of joining me. Aha! This mirror is huge! There's a distinct time lag between what we're doing and what's happening in a minute. No! No! What is it, Edwin? What do you see? Oh, hellfire and damnation! No! No! There you are! We brought back Sutek with Guy Adams doing a fantastic... Trousers. Kill the Doctor. And The Age of Sutek, two stories featuring Sutek with the original actor. Sutek. Yeah. The Destroyer. (laughs) This is now the world of Sutek, and however ornate, however decadent, it's a world of death. Who is Sutek? Last of the Osiris. We attend you, Empress. Our lives are yours. Indeed they are. They're shooting at us. Of course they are. That's what they do. And if you keep driving in a straight line, they'll hit us too. No, it's um, it's uh, is it Gabriel Wolf? It is, and he turned up in shorts. Must have been sunny when we did it. Uh, so the I think idea it was, of Sutek in shorts is just brilliant, isn't it? It's I know. What you, what you want, really? But he did say, "I always wear shorts." <laughs> um, and it's called Kill the Doctor because that wasn't the original title, but they say Kill the Doctor a lot in it. And I said, come on, guy, we've got to call that episode Kill the Doctor. Moving on. Uh, the next one, uh, the Sinestran Kill. And the Sinestran Kill Part 1 is available for free. And we created a new companion played by Jane Slavin, who Tom and Jane get on really well. And Jane's done loads of work for us. Uh, she's playing Anne Kelso, uh, a police uh, constable. And uh, she started off on some great adventures here. Frank Skinner came in to do uh, play a, a detective um, chief inspector, I think. Oh, hello, Inspector. Get in. Look, to be honest, you could jeopardise my investigation. Oh, yeah, oh, yes, yes. How's it going? Get out. I've got the law here like I can. He's my prisoner. I'm dead, run. Yeah, no. It's them. Run. Into the lift. Ah. 
Okay, until you showed up. And and they and so and then off and went with the doctor to the planet of the Drashigs. It was as a child that I first became fascinated with these magnificent creatures. And now, transforming this small planetoid in my galactic estate, I have fulfilled my life's dream, collecting together every known species of the terrifying primal wonder known as the Drashig. And then the Enchantress of Number, Enchantress of Numbers quite an incredible story that about sort of mathematics and uh, the, the and history being distorted is this really 1852 oh definitely definitely countess out there in the gardens you thought you saw what i've got oh. you oh. Uh, sir fetch a doctor hello madam you're making house calls now you're ada lovelace you seem surprised i am surprised Oh, what a... Come on, old girl, giddy up. They're following. There has been talk. Talk? Where? And then we got into a really brilliant bit of um, shenanigans with the false guardian. How curious. I'm not one to prejudge a planet, but this place, I've got a nagging feeling about it. Please! Please, no! Screams in the undergrowth. Perfect start to the morning. Which is a lovely bit of storytelling from Guy Adams, which apparently features Mavic Chen. The greatest eyebrows known to man itself. And also Time's Assassin, which is the follow-up to that. Can you see the other character that's in there? Let's have a look. They've kept it secret. They've just called him a syndicate agent. Very clever. Very, very, very clever. Who's played by John Coleshaw, if I'm not mistaken? That's right. That's mm. right. Yeah. So that was Time's Assassin, followed by Ugh. Fever Island by Jonathan Barnes, which is a brilliant sort of James Bondish pastiche, which is the craziest story about weird things going on on Fever Island. You can come out now, whoever you are. Agent Jason Vane. My days are filled with danger, and when night comes, I gratefully accept oblivion. What are you talking about? No. This shouldn't be happening, not like this. I'd like to know exactly what you think you're doing blundering about my island. Uh, I'm a police officer, as it happens. Gas. Not gas. Mist. Master, danger, danger. And then this whole, whole thing is finished off the Anne Kelso storyline with the perfect prisoners... Uh, parts one and two and the perfect prisoners parts three and four what do you know about the syndicate the syndicate yes yes talk to me ah we were hoping you might do that you're not getting away you know you might as well give up never the evidence suggests that zephon was murdered on kemble someone may be onto us i suppose this must be dealt with i know Stop, Hurry up, K9. Do you want these robots to kill me? I've stopped. See? I've stopped. Apart from flicking this switch. Excuse me. You, you look worked to the bone. All of you do. Don't be ridiculous. It's true. I recognise slave labour when I see it. Wait. Do you hear that? Yeah. 
Yes, your fate is sealed, Doctor. You, human female. You're working these people to death and they don't even know it. Who are you talking about? There's no one there. No one. And that gets us to where we are now, really. And that whole last series was called The Syndicate Master Plan. I mean, there's an awful lot of, of stuff to go through. And the brilliant thing is just, you know, us summarising it there has made me just want to go through it all again. There's just so many wonderful little trips and twists and turns along the way, aren't there? And there you have it. And just before we go over to the Randomoid Selectatron oh. to give you a 25% discount on a randomly <laughs> selected Big Finish release, <gasps> here's the trailer for the upcoming series of The Prisoner. Yes, The Prisoner. Welcome back to the village. Coming from Big Finish at the end of November. It's the last series as well. Oh, sad times. It's the last series until the next one. <laughs> The Prisoner, Volume 3. Orange Alert. Orange Alert. My God! What is it? I won't be pushed, stamped, debriefed, or numbered. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know there's nothing Control doesn't know. Open fire! How's the future? And for my entertainment, make it convincing. I'm in charge. There's a cod war with Iceland. <laughs> cod? Maybe there is no escape from the village. Rover approaching. Rover now approaching. Number 43, was she on the plane? I thought she died in the crash too, like you. I can report that ZM73 has returned to number one. We've joined the European Economic Community. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Free for all. Village Rifle Association. Lean in, breathe out slowly, and squeeze the trigger. Love you. The defense secretary himself actually exploded. Morocco, Morocco, Morocco! You won't break me. You won't take me back. I won't bend to your rules. My life and my thoughts are my own. I resigned. I will take no part in any of this. I resigned! Is this the ending you've decided on? Just go to bigfinish.com and type in the prisoner to in the search engine pain thing at the top. And you will find the way to pre-order this blistering finale or indeed order the first two volumes. I want to hear the trailers for those two. Why not, since we're in a prisoner mood. Okay, here's volume one. I hope he doesn't break any speed limits and get himself into trouble. He's going to get himself killed one day, you know. Where am I? In the village. In the village. Désirez-vous un taxi, monsieur? Take me away from here. Where to? As far as you can go. I heard this was your first day. And my last. Why'd you say that, number six? Don't call me that. It's just the number of a house I woke up in. Now then, number six. Philo. I don't know who you are. I don't know who you work for, and I don't care. 
open that door or I'll break it down. There's no need for all this nonsense. All we want to know is why you resigned. Any unhappiness in our beautiful village, and if number six behaved aggressively towards you. What's your real name? What's yours? You see? We're both scared to talk. I love you. This place is a mad us. A bloody nightmare. Yes, get out of here. Yes, we must, or they'll kill us. Worse. Worse. Orange alert. Orange alert. Go on then, here's volume two. I met a man today, an extraordinary man. Please state your code. ZM73. It looks just the same. The car? Well, good. I didn't know the previous owner. You. I mean, my... Someone bought it for me. Many happy returns. What's your name? What's yours? Kate. Kate Butterworth. How do I know I can trust you? How do you know you can trust anyone? I don't. What have you told her? None of your business. I don't quite understand. You were in a village, you didn't know where it was, and you didn't want to be there. Don't worry. It'll all be over soon. What's your name? No names. Just, just numbers. Six. Six? Number six. Everybody wants to tell their story, don't they? <laughs> this is beginning to sound like an interrogation. Danvers, is this your idea of a joke? No, sir. Mark Stein just called. ZM73 is back and he wants to see you. God. If you had to escape from this village, was someone keeping you there by force? Yes. So, how did you get away? I told you, it was empty. You just woke up one morning and everyone had gone? Yes. Even the people trying to keep you there? Everyone had gone. Turn it off! Whatever this is supposed to achieve, turn it off! What is the village? Don't you know? Where is it? I don't know. All I know is that I escaped from it. How? I'll admit it. I'm fascinated to know your story. You want to turn my life into a book? Would that be such a bad thing? Everyone has a story. I don't tell stories. Why not? Everyone tells stories. Not me. I've got nothing to say. So you have a secret? It's all secret. There is no village. It's a Soviet fiction. Your cover story. He died in the service of his country. That's all they'd say. I can assure you that none of us has heard of this village place. Why should I believe you? Why should we believe you? Because you have some proof that I'm telling the truth. Not much proof. Precisely. We need more information from you, ZM73. Information. Did you tell them why you resigned? No. Why not? 
Because it was none of their damned business, and it's none of yours, either. 55 Delta Tango 6 to power, now on course. Over. I met a man today, an extraordinary man. Well, certainly a man with an air of mystery about him. Any road up. Time now for the Randomoid Selectatron. Oh, Ranny, Ranny, Ranny. Demoid, Demoid, Demoid. Um, let me load it up. I actually already had it up, but it seems to have vanished. Never mind. It is gone. It is gone. It has ceased to be. It is an ex-web page. Um, here's one uh, that will uh, be close to your heart, Nick. It's yeah. uh, Blood of the Daleks Part 2. Oh, It's uh, wow. a rocker, that one. Uh... Paul McGann, Sheridan Smith, Eighth Doctor story. Uh, wow. Yeah, the second part in uh, what is an opening of a a series, isn't it? That's right. It's the the series um, with the Eighth Doctor and Lucy, a whole new beginning. Um, well, let's have the trailer for this. In the next episode of Doctor Who. Stop him! Have you ever found that people don't really take you seriously when you're wearing that tinfoil hat? We encountered the Daleks. The Daleks used someone to help us. You never intended to help us at all, did you? Why the charade, Dalek Supreme? And what is it you really want? Acting President Eileen Clint, you have knowledge of a male human identified as Martez. Particularly unpleasant, isn't it, when the saviours turn out to be the perpetrators? There's no time, Lucy. We have to do it just like the fuse. No. There's got to be a chance, another way. Look, we have to find the doctor. Explain your presence or you will be exterminated. Do it, Lucy. It's going to kill us anyway. Light it or we'll die for nothing. Lucy, we came to make sure that the blood of the Daleks remains pure. All sounds very grand, doesn't it? Blood of the Daleks, part two. And of course, this guest starred uh, uh, a little known actress at the time. Uh, Hayley Atwell, who comes third on the guest list, Ken- Kenneth Cranham and Anita Dobson are above her. Hugs madness, Atwell, isn't it? Hayley Atwell, yeah, now an international movie star. And there she was, one of her first few jobs out of drama school, I think. Yeah, She'd just done some television thing that Barnaby Edwards had seen her in, so that's why he, he cast her. Such fantastic memories of doing this, not least that Hayley, when she first heard me do my Dalek voice, did a little dance in her uh, <laughs> cubicle. <laughs> Her booth, I should say. Cubicle sounds like she was in the ladies' toilets, uh, which is not the case. But of um, course, as well, it's Sheridan Smith in this one as well. Really in the early days before Sheridan Smith really rocketed as well, if, yeah. I'm, if I'm right in, in thinking. Yeah. She'd done two pints of lager and a packet of crisps, and Jason Haig Ellery, our Lord and Master, had been doing a lot of very heavy campaigning for getting Sheridan in. And I had never really seen two pints of lager in the back of the crisps. And I just thought, oh, that, this sounds like a stupid idea. But luckily, Jason persisted and we got Sheridan into audition. And as, as has been said many times, it absolutely blew us away. She was, you know, just a, a great, country mile. Better a than great move. Else. A great move. Although there was one other actor whose name, luckily, I forget now, who was who was equally as good, but in a completely different way. And 
perhaps not right for Lucy, but she was amazing, and we've never employed her. Probably because I can't remember her name now. She's quite famous. <laughs> I'll tell you who she is. She's the girl in The Parole Officer. She auditioned for Lucy Miller. Oh, what, Kirsty? It's Get mm. Kirsty in. What, what is her name? Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'll tell you what, I watched that film a couple of days ago, actually. Um, absolutely. Steve Coogan movie. Yeah. Great. What is she doing now? I've not, I've not seen much of her. I don't know. Since she's marvellous, but she actually, Sheridan was the right casting we chose Emma Sheridan Williams first. her name is Emma Williams right gosh who so, you know, what if, is she if, doing if now if Sheridan hadn't been available we would have gone with her um, it would have changed the nature of the parts she would have uh, you know um, Sheridan has a sort of earthier quality a more dangerous quality to her whereas Emma was um, uh, she had a, a sweetness to her I think definitely uh, yeah she's quite sort of innocent sweet sort of uh, character yeah she's she's kept quite quiet she's done she's done uh, a bit of uh, she did silent witness um at doctor's bleak house uh marple yeah she's done she's working all right isn't she yeah. she always used to wear uh to the audition she wore sort of a beautiful dress you know with those skirts that sort of come right out sort of the kind of thing you'd see audrey hepburn wearing you know wow and i thought oh that's nice to dress up for the audition and i just happened to be somewhere else where she was working in a rehearsal room or something somewhere and she was wearing another dress like that though but different color i thought oh, that must be her signature it's style like her vibe, she yeah. always always wears these things whether she does now or not uh, who knows? Anyway, off topic, really. Doctor Who, Blood of the Daleks, part two, where you get 25% off that. Uh, did you want to explain how they get the 25% off, Benji? Yeah, of course I can. But it's very, very, very nice simple, you. you see. It's very simple. All you need yes. to do is uh, follow these rules. You go to bigfinish.com, you see. And I'll do it now. I'll do it with you, you see. Oh, go to bigfinish.com. You go to podcasts up the top on the little bar. Oh, yes. Yeah, you see, you're yeah. on the podcast thing, oh, yeah. and where you want to go from here, you go on to the latest mm. podcast. So in this case, we're talking about last week's one. There, yeah. you see, you see, you see. and there's a little paragraph that says the randomized electron also features offering a 25% reduction on a selected release, and it says click here. So what you do is you click there. And it will come up, it will bring up, and it asks you to enter in a top secret code. Well, that top secret code isn't that top secret. It's actually the words BUCK UP. All capital letters, no space in the middle, no punctuation, no secret uh, blackmail-like writing, no conditions, no resistance. And if you enter that in, it will uh, tell you that you've got your 25% off of said uh production so there we go very simple buck up that covers it beautifully cupboards it beautifully <laughs> whilst i was reading that out nick was trying to swat something with his glasses case <laughs> in a rather tremendous <laughs> you manner you noticed that dude it was really annoying me i could i, I could see the, the you had you had the the eyes of a hunter you were <laughs> you were looking around i, I, I saw the sort of uh, it? Yeah, it? deranged sort of uh primate sort of uh, <laughs> yes like, I've got it oh, it is mine now nice and juicy I did not eat an insect I just want to make that very clear <clears throat> I, d I didn't even get it it's, it's eluded me so it's it's buzzed off to fight another day insect one Briggs nil <laughs> well that my friends uh, is the end of the show for this week 
It's been real. It's been nice. It's been, you know, yeah, it is what it, it is. Has. You know, certainly. this old chair. We tell some stories, don't we? Ah. <sighs> just patting my chair for no reason just copying you <laughs> like a buffoon uh, bye for now goodbye and while we're away sipping tea uh, why not treat yourself to the first 15 minutes of the latest series of Dark Shadows the Tony and Cassandra mysteries supernatural spooky and with a pleasing tinge of horror was that <laughs> enjoy you're listening to a Big Finish production. Known. Uh, by the way, I um. My, my name is Professor Stone. I need to hire oh. you now. Uh, They're after me. Tony. They want these. Oh, what are what are? Tony. Oh, Tony. The door. Price was right. He's dead. And you go the same way if you don't hand over those papers right now. Tony, my water's broken. I said hand them over or I'll shoot. Tony, Cassandra, the baby's coming. Sandra, any bright ideas? I can think of a long list of expletives. Supposing you were a private detective, one who specialized in the unusual. And supposing your assistant... Your partner? ...was a pain-in-the-ass witch. Oh, I'll talk to you later. And supposing you found yourself held at gunpoint by a sinister stranger. He's already shot a prospective client, so you know he means business. What's your plan of action? How do you get yourself out of that? Well, in my view, you've got yourself three options. One, you can try to reason with him. <sighs> okay, mister. Why don't we try to talk about this reason? Uh, Alice! You shot Alice! Not a good move. Not if you want your pregnant secretary to stay alive. I did mention the pregnant secretary, didn't I? The brilliant pregnant secretary, if I might add. Option two. You can let your pain-in-the-ass partner use her mystical powers. Cassandra, what's happening? Oh, the spell. It's, it's, it's out of control. I, I think it's, I think it's going to... Also, not a good move. Uh, so it seems. So, we're left with only one option. The simple option. Hey, mister. Come here. Ah! Seriously? You're just going to suck him one? The simple option is usually best. Damn it. I think I broke a knuckle.
been in this business as long as I have, you get to know what kind of a day it's going to be. Tailing a dame? She's probably a banshee. Secret passages? Gateway to hell? But some days catch you completely by surprise, and others just go from bad to worse. And this day, well, it was as if I'd been cursed. Oh, Alice, everything's gonna be fine. Oh, just fine. Does it hurt? I, I don't think so. Ah, no, it, it hurts. She's got impeccable timing, I'll give her that. And what exactly are you doing anyway, Peterson? Oh, I'm oh. just twiddling my thumbs. It looks like you're reading the documents that Stone Man gave you as he died oh. from a gunshot wound. Tony, But I'm oh. clearly not reading them, am I, Cassandra? What, they're illegible? No, it's some sort of code. HG plus S3PB over FE1AR. You know, what Professor Stone said... The price was right. Yeah, so what does that mean? Oh, what is this, a game show? I don't think oh. so. But whatever is in these papers... Is important enough to kill for. Sandra, you know what I think? I think we've got ourselves a case. Tony, uh, I think I'd quite like to go to the hospital now. <clears throat> oh, uh, I don't think you hit him hard enough. He's starting to come around. You did take his revolver away, didn't you, Tony? Um... Great! Change of plan. Agreed. Change to what? Alice, sweetheart, you think you can walk? That's it. That's it. Oh. Just a couple oh. more steps. I'm pregnant, Cassandra, not blind. Can we get a move on? <sighs> You're the chump who didn't take away his gun. Oh, yeah? Oh. And why did we have to wait for the elevator, exactly? Well, obviously, because I'm... Have you ever tried to run down those stairs in high heels? Oh. Drop the papers. This is your final warning. Oh, yeah? I can't remember getting a first. Just get in the damn car. What? Get in there? The way she drives? Are you nuts? Ladies first. If he so much as leaves a scratch oh, on uh, my paint job. <laughs> you won't get far. It's Mason. Put me through. They've taken the documents. How are you feeling, sweetheart? Oh, I'm a little shaken up, but I'm fine. I was talking to Alice. Oh, can we go a little slower, do you think? This is slow, in Cassandra's eyes. How much farther is it to the hospital? Well, how far? Are you going to tell her, or am I? Uh, we're not strictly going straight to the hospital. Wait, what? I can't just stick a cork in and hope for the best. Listen to me, Alice. Just, just a moment, please. There's only one hospital in Bangor, St. Joseph's. Then why the hell aren't we heading straight there? Because he knows you're in labor. So he knows where we're going. So we can't. Well, not now. Technically, we are kind of on the run. 
By technically, I think you mean actually. Okay, wise guy. <sighs> so where are we going then? Well, don't ask me. I've been driving in circles waiting for Tony to say. And I've been trying to decipher this cockamamie code. Meaning he doesn't know where we're going either. Forgive me if that doesn't fill me with confidence. I don't see you trying. I am kind of busy. Oh, give them here. University of Bangor, Science Department. Turn left at the next crossroads. Well, how in the hell did the you... The address is stamped on the goddamn front. Hmm. Have you ever thought of becoming a detective? Have you ever thought about becoming a detective? Mm. <laughs> I hope you're taking notes. Yeah. You've got some sort of plan, I trust, bar leaving it to me at the last minute. Finding out what's in those papers and bringing down a killer. And at a university, there's probably a doctor, too. <sighs> right. Oh. Now we're on a time limit after all, so straight oh. in, straight out. No dawdling under any circumstances. And that means you, Peterson. Oh, oh, and I thought morning sickness was bad. Where did she learn to drive? Yeah, you get used to it. Really? I try to be optimistic. Lean on me. Oh, the guy with the gun wanted those documents, right? Right. So he's going to come after them. Yeah, I have no doubt he will. Oh, but he shot the last guy, didn't he? He shot at us. Yes, he did. Afraid? <sighs> A little. Tony? <sighs> Alice? You can stay in the car, you know. You don't have to come in. You are kidding, right? No, I wouldn't either. We'll discuss reimbursement after labor, okay? Oh, oh. Please hold. University of Bangor, 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 please hold. What's the problem? She's been like University that since Bangor, I came in. Hold. Um, University excuse Bangor, me. Please hold. <sighs> University of Bangor, please hold. Oh, I've never seen Alice that busy. If University you? of Bangor, That's please because hold. you're never in the office. University of Bangor, please hold. You could just magic University her, you know, Bangor, like the, like the, the, you know, the wolf thing. University oh, of Bangor, please hold. We really need to talk about University respect Bangor, please for hold. black magic. A scotch sounds a University lot more appealing, Bangor, to be honest. Hold. What we need is a distraction. Bangor, oh, a plague. A flocus. Frogs. Frogs are fun. No, 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 skip both. We have Alice. University of Bangor, please hold. Alice. Now that's a thought. Please hold. Alice. University of Bangor, please hold. Oh, oh, oh God. I'm in labor. The baby, it's coming. Oh. Right with you, honey. Wow. Now don't you panic. Convincing, isn't she? It hurts. Tony, she actually is in, in labor. We need oh. towels. The drama water. school of life. Oh, so you got your distraction. Now how exactly are we using it? Stone was a professor, right? Well, it's time we slipped off and had a look at his lab. Uh, which way now? You're asking me? You know, the way Stone died felt more like assassination than murder. You think we did the right thing, leaving Alice on her own? Oh, she's not alone, is she? She's with the receptionist. Here you go, honey. Just some iced water. Oh, thanks. I'm so very sorry. False alarm. Oh, don't you worry your pretty little head. My sister had that crap all the time. Every five minutes it seemed like the little brat was popping out. 
sure you wouldn't like a cushion? Really, I'm fine. Oh, oh uh, well, I'll still fetch a doctor to give you a once-over. Oh, could you? That's so kind if you could. Oh, better get that. But I'll be right back. Sure, I'll just sit here and wait for my friends. University of Bangor, how may I... Mason? No. You sure you've got the right department? Uh, you really think anybody's going to answer? Yeah, well, it could be locked. Hello? Anybody home? <clears throat> Open up. Oh, well, there is a simpler way. Oh, push, not pull. The story of your life. Ow! What is it with you and light switches? You only had to ask. Oh, my. Wow. It's trashed completely. Yeah, not a thing in one piece. You expected this, didn't you? Well, I kind of had a hunch. But why? To destroy all trace of whatever he was working on? But it isn't all gone. We still have these. Oh, Tony, what have we gotten ourselves into here? Industrial theft? Well, that's hardly our line of work. So why was the professor coming to us? Because we specialize in the unusual? Because the price was right? I don't know. Maybe he heard we were cheap. Competitive, Tony. That's the word. <gasps> Look at this. Oh, they're just old books. They're books on the occult. Necromancy? Oh, divination? Oh, I remember this one. I mentioned in it. Yeah, look at this. The Complete Occult Texts of the Magus, John D. Hmm, well, I think we just found out why he came to us. Well, it doesn't make any sense. What was he researching, Tony? Cure for a hangover? I'd kill for that. What in the name of... Uh-oh. Don't move, or I'll shoot. Oh, I hope Alice is okay. See, the trick is to keep them all on hold. Then it looks like you're busy when you're really not. <laughs> I've never thought of that. Get a lot more work done that way, sugar. Let me tell you. I spend most of my time dealing with my predecessor's interesting filing system. Invoices upside down, the numbering system. Oh, don't get me started on bad numbering systems. There was this one case, one of Tony's first. It was case 493. He'd only had about 10 cases. I mean, why? Some people. Let me tell you my trick with the mail sort. The mail sort? Tell me more. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.